Okay, ready? Polisher, the podcast where we say, if it ain't broke, do fix it. Our guest today is a very talented human. You may know her as the drummer of Bad Thoughts. We know her as our friend, Chloe Connaughton. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, saying your name correct for the first time. You did it. <laughs> hey, well, that's the hardest part for me. Yep. Mm. And now Gabe checks out of the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Let me get this his bong work, real quick. His here. work's done. Podcast yeah. over. You yes. did it. Good job. Hey, welcome to our thingy, Chloe. What's Thank up? Thank you. Thanks for having me on your thing. I've been so excited to be on your thing. We've been so excited about this, too, since the very beginning. I do love talking about hating music. Yeah. <laughs> don't we all? Why don't you uh, let us know what your least favorite song of all time is? My least favorite song of all time is Santeria by Sublime. I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. Mm. Mm, what a song. I know. Well, you know, it's like it is a divisive song, I feel like. It's either you really like it or or you really don't. So I think I think this one might stir up a little controversy, guys. I I don't know. Some people I'm sure love it. I just I just better jump in and say as a kid growing up like I loved it. I loved Sublime. Growing up in Northern California, it was just like normal to love them. I mean, I had Sublime like I made like a mix at my friend's house when I was like 10, like the ska mix, ska punk mm. mix and Sublime was definitely on there. Not Santeria. I think both songs were from 40 Ounces to Freedom, but uh, Date Rape was on there. Mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. and I don't remember what... Actually, was <laughs> was Santeria on there? I can't say now. It's like <laughs> false memory. If you were 10, it would not have been on there because it wasn't released yet. Okay. So mm-hmm. thank you. Go. That helps. Of yeah. course. Of course. Mm-hmm. What about when we were 11? So the song was released in 1997. Oh. You know, let's just, let's get into some song facts here. Yeah. So the song is Santeria, of course. The artist is Sublime. It is written by Sublime. The producers are Paul Leary from the Butthole Surfers. I don't mind the sun What? And yeah, I know, I know. And uh, David Kane, I think K A H N E, just an industry dude, probably best known for designing Fishbones logo. Uh, that was on his wiki. <laughs> what an logo. accomplishment! Yeah, good. Logo. What an accomplishment! Yeah. Uh, so this was released January seventh, nineteen ninety seven. That is after Bradley Knoll's death. The highest it got was on the Billboard Alt Airplay charts. It got up to number three and. It is, it's their like, highest charting song on Spotify. I think their highest charting song on any chart was My Way. Huh. No, the wrong way. And he's 12 years old and tomorrow she'll be a war. Nobody ever told her it's the wrong way. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong way. I'll fix that. Not Maybe. what I got. Nice I song. What I got would have been the biggest one. You know what? That's what it is. Let me start that over. <laughs> I didn't write this down. I was like, I'll remember that. <laughs> so their like, highest charting like song it. on <laughs> their highest charting song on any chart was "What I Got." Well, life is so love the one you got, cause you might get run over or you might get shot. Uh, they're of course from Long Beach, and famously, locally, their last show ever was played at our local concert venue, the Phoenix Theater here in Petaluma. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Oh my goodness! Really? Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. no! So, then I'm I'm really stirring the pot here with this yeah. one. Oh yes. <laughs> um, the the song's first iteration was there was an instrumental version of it called Lincoln Highway Dub. Which was like later released on like some like early works and bootlegs type of release. And reportedly the masters have all been lost in a 2008 universal studios fire. No, not the theme park. Like the actual recording studios had that big fire in 2008. I remember yeah. that. So I'll say for me personally, I was in junior high in 97 and boy, was this popular during that time. And then into high school, I definitely heard this song and a lot of sublime a lot. I didn't dislike it then, but now, boy, oh boy, <laughs> researching this is just like, woof. Yeah. I tried real hard to find some redeeming stories about Sublime, and there there were none. I also tried to do this. It's all stories about them just being like total d- drunks and uh, very destructive on tour. The dog would attack people yeah. all the time. They're like, they had this Dalmatian, and they would just like attack skaters at Warp Tour. They got kicked <laughs> off of Warp Tour in 95. Because they brought their dog. And it- well, they brought their dog, and it would they would sick the dog on people. Wow! Like, oh, no, because they thought it was funny. Yeah, it's terrible. Ninety five. I know. Crazy. That must have been crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, uh, yeah. It's it's worth spending some time. Like they played their last show at the Phoenix, like you said. And he overdosed like that night and died. Yeah. Like he died that night. Um, no, so in Petaluma. I was no, in San Francisco. Oh, he died in San no. Francisco. Like they went to a hotel. I used to go to shows at the Phoenix like every weekend when I was a kid. And um, one time, like between bands, like Tom Gaffey just wheeled out like a TV VCR, like on a like TV stand. And mm-hmm. they played like this VHS, which was like a documentary about Sublime. And like all the kids like were quiet and sat down and we like watched it. It was like, there's sort of this like, you know, if you grew up in the Phoenix, Sublime is like a holy band. And there used to be like graffiti in the backstage from like Bradley or whatever. He wrote something and like they kept it preserved for a long time and then someone painted over it. Oh no. I have to ask Tom about that one, but somebody fucked up and painted over it at some point. And yeah, there's a really great article on KQED that our friend Gabe Meline put together. It's the oral history of Sublime's last show and they talk about that. It was a mural that one of the other members of Sublime had done in memory of of Bradley. Mm -hmm. And some kid not knowing what it was recently graffitied over it and flipped out. Oh, that's rough. That's sad. That is sad. Yeah, the kid got super upset. It was like crying and bad times. Yikes. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's just think about history in general. You know, it just kind of gets... Like, why should that kid care at this point? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Like, why should he know that, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I was, let's see, two when this song came out. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm assuming, you know, that person who graffitied over it is probably 
you know, even younger than me, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, they they probably don't have a uh, too much of a connection to the 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 real thing. But poor Tom. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My friend Julian always retells this story about me, which I don't even really remember, but. I lived in Portland for about eight years, and when we first moved up there, we went to the river one day, and I was driving our van. We had, like, a tour van for our band and stuff, and I think I fucked up on the road somehow and got in front of somebody, and they were like, hey, like, conked, and they were mad, and I was like, hey, we're from California. We listen to Sublime. We don't know any better. That's what I, that's what I said, you know, and, like, just earlier, just earlier, Navid was like, yeah, we listen to Sublime. We don't know any better, not even knowing that story, so it is, like, a, I feel like that's sort of a California thing, at least for people of our age, like. Oh, yeah. We, it was so normal to listen to them. I mean, everyone I knew, Sublime was just like a band that you just liked, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is so interesting looking back now because like <laughs> I-, I look back in my like drum, but the way I drum, I'm so influenced by like reg- not reggae, but like that white people co-opting reggae in the 90s drumming is so like it is a disease that I have. I play drums <laughs> like that and it comes up often. And it's funny because when I listen to the drummer of Sublime, I mean, no disrespect, but he's terrible. He's a terrible yeah. drummer. But but his ideas are they're in my brain. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I mean, and, it's a yeah. specific style, that's for sure. And I mean, it not to say that it's bad. It's just whatever they did, their specific concoction of this particular song <laughs> happened all in such a way that um that I do hate it. So I guess what why? So, okay, I guess I have like a probably one of my earliest childhood memories has to do with Sublime. And it's like pretty a pretty nothing memory. So my grandpa was married to this woman who he's no longer married to now. But so I was little and I was with my grandma in her car that she had bought used. And in it was that Sublime record. So whenever she turned the car on, Santeria would just start playing automatically. (laughs) And um, she really liked Sublime, so this was no problem for her. But having to be like a four four or five-year-old subjected to Santeria every time I got in my grandma's car in the hot Southern California sun with like little to no AC was was a truly a visceral nightmare for me. (laughs) So, So I think it started there. But it's just it's funny, too, because my my parents grew up in like Upland Claremont area of Southern California, which is maybe like two, three towns over from Long Beach. So like I was asking my dad today, like, did you ever see Sublime like play shows or anything? And he's like, oh, I probably saw them once or twice because they were really close to kind of where they started and would play shows and stuff like that. So like it was also kind of a, a thing just down there that everyone liked sublime you just would yeah yeah and they played like the college circuit like crazy Mm -hmm. as i understand like they just toured and played a lot of california colleges especially yeah yeah yeah. my parents were junior senior year of high school when they started like getting you know on like the bigger side before the main guy passed away but yeah they just like play shows around there with i'm assuming some of their like high school friends bands and and that kind of stuff. So it's just funny that it's like kind of, I mean, I've lived up here now for I think 11 or 12 years. And then I lived in Southern California until I was nine. So like Sublime in a weird way has followed me <laughs> throughout right. like various places I've lived. But like, I don't know. I just like can't, I can't do it. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't argue that you should be able to do it. 
I, you know, uh, <laughs> that's fair. Like, you don't have to do it. And um, it's a funny thing to. <laughs> I don't you imagine like explaining, like, trying to explain <laughs> and justify how this was okay. <laughs> It's really yeah. difficult, you know, like, and I love that. Um, I love, I'm loving our age difference and our experience difference in this because you're like, grandma, turn this shit off. Like, <laughs> what is like for us? We're like, this was on when we were kids and it was just okay. I um, know. Yeah. Also, I was going to say like junior high, I was in this band called Dos Gringos. We were 13 and 12, and we were in, like, an instrumental ska punk band, right? And then I met Hunter and Asher, and they were in, like, an instrumental ska punk band, too. And they, like, did, like, tons of Sublime covers. And uh, it was just like, yes! <laughs> I was like, you're cool, <laughs> and we're going to be friends. And we've been best friends ever since then. So there was, like, this, like, we play at high school parties, and we play Sublime covers. And that's just, like, not only is that okay, but it's, like, very cool. Um, <laughs> I love which, that so much. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think that would be very cool now. Like, if I saw that, I wouldn't say, mm. I would say, I don't need to be best friends with those people. I would <laughs> stay away from those people, so. It's very interesting, because, like, I am very close in age to you guys, but also not in a way to where I wonder if, like, people closer to my age feel a certain way about Sublime, too. I guess, like, it'd, it'd be interesting to, like, pull certain age groups and just be like, what are your feelings? Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wonder if it... I mean, I, I feel like that's such a common thing, depending on various artists, you know, who are like popular when they were a certain age or like when you were a certain age listening to them, you have more of a a connection instead of being in your grandma's car forced to listen to totally. it over and over again. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's a pretty cool grandma you had. To, uh... Yeah, she was pretty cool. She was a hairdresser. I think she might still be a hairdresser. She was, like, very into that whole, like, rockabilly scene in oh, L.A. in the yeah. late 90s, early 2000s. So I feel like ska kind of, like, went hand in hand with that. So For sure. She and my grandpa were cool. Yeah. Yeah, they were kind of like like Reverend Horton Heat. It's a psychobilly And stuff. Oh, yeah. I feel like, well, I went to Warp Tour for the first time. was 96. I was, mm-hmm. like, 11. And uh, there was like, yeah, no, it was definitely like punk bands, obviously, but then rockabilly bands and ska bands. It was like real big fish. I think Sugar Ray. There's just like a weird, <laughs> you know, weird uh, conglomeration of, but all those bands were sort of just like alternative was on the radio and it was just like, okay, so like anything goes, I guess. Like as a kid, yeah. it was just like, I was just like, yeah, like. Of course, ska, swing, punk, rock and roll. That's yeah. all like in a in a similar vein. Which sure. looking back, it's like not really, but um, I think yeah, culturally gets, speaking, it was. You know, yeah, it gets time. lumped in. And okay, I really should say this now because I I feel like I'm gonna come off as a hypocrite. No doubt is one of my favorite bands. So <laughs> I do have a no doubt tattoo. I do love them very much. <laughs> Ooh, oh I feel God. like my credibility for hating this sublime song is really not great right now. No, it makes well, it. It's okay because it's like you don't hate the genre. A genre. You know, no. You don't hate the. You don't hate ska punk. No, I don't hate it's the genre. S- it's sublime and specifically Santeria. I don't hate the game. I do hate the player. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well said. <laughs> now, what about the, um, there's two songs I can think of. Saw Red. Everything I love me 
is the Sublime song featuring Gwen Stefani, and then there's a mm-hmm. No Doubt song featuring Brad. Do you yeah. like those songs? Are you okay with that? Um, I mean, ooh, total hate. Like, That's the No Doubt one. You know, yeah. That one? Yes. I feel like I don't feel any particular way about them necessarily. I'm like, you're not bad, you're not good. That's kind of that's kind of my vibe towards those, I guess. They're not your favorite No Doubt songs. Yeah, right? not my favorite No Doubt. Tragic Kingdom as a whole, best No Doubt record. Although, um, Trapped in a Box was like the first ska song I ever heard as like a really little kid. That I was just like, whoa, this is sick. Whatever is happening here is like really cool. Like she's really doing some crazy shit with her voice right now. This is awesome. Honestly, like certain ska was one of my first intros into like other music. My parents listened to punk and like a bunch of other shit because they were just like little teen LA punks. So they played me that and I was like, this is sick. So again, you know, don't hate the game. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So when I, <laughs> I remember being a kid in the car with my mom, and like she'd let me listen to music that I liked, and um, I must have been ten, eleven, and I'm listening to Date Rape, you know, mm-hmm. um, casual. Yeah, I had no concept of what that meant sure. at the time. Do yeah, you know what I'm oh saying? yeah, totally. And my mother is hearing this. There are these mm-hmm. men yelling, Date Rape! If it wasn't for date rape, I'd never get laid. Yeah. yeah. So this is interesting to me because my mom's like, what the fuck is this? Turn this shit off. This is terrible. I didn't have a clue what was terrible about it. But looking back, the song is is against date rape. It's not as if it's an anthem for date rape. And so yeah, I, totally. th- I think that's an important thing to mention because while this band is particularly bro-y, I think it's really huge that they had a song. It was a big song at that time mm-hmm. that is, you know, don't be a fucking gross piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and like touring colleges and, you know, being part of the drunk and heroin subculture. I think that's pretty rad. I mean, that's not yeah. on the ra- radio and that's like huge. So I think that is cool. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's like very punk of them to do that, <laughs> to have a mm-hmm. song that was like so controversial but so right like it's great that that was out there and like spread so widely so that's really cool i mean again mm-hmm. not i'm not defending santeria i'm we're getting <laughs> we're getting we're getting like out into the nebulous abstract sublime I mean, territory but we're trying to find the merits here anyway so yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good yeah but I, I think you know it's it's an interesting anthropological thing because like like i said trying to make sense of why sublime existed Mm-hmm. is hard and um but anyway uh santeria you know i think i loved santeria pretty pretty hard when it came out and for a while and um listening back now i'm not i don't have the same feelings as I once did. <laughs> yeah it's a catchy tune i'll give it that but it's one of those songs that i could hear the first note and mm-hmm. the entire song will get stuck in my head for who knows how long could be days that I that is another thing I hate about it. It's such an earworm that mm-hmm. it becomes like life ending. Yeah, it's nasty. Yeah, definitely. It's rough. I was saying earlier that I looked up. I always like you know copy and paste the lyrics to the song mm-hmm. in preparation for this one. I was like, I don't need them. Like, right. I, like <laughs> this song is ingrained into my into my, my being. Oh yeah, it's it's in yeah. there. It's in there forever. Yeah. One more anecdote about Sublime. When I was 13, 
my one of my best friends was turning 13 also or maybe 14 and um i remember i was sick but i was like i really want to get him something and my mom took me to the record store to buy i think 40 ounces to freedom i was like you he's got to hear this you know and my mom yeah. took me to his house and then we dropped it off and i was like, you just gotta hear this as my friend time and who he died this year so but i loved him and i was just so stoked to share <laughs> That's share, so cute. Share the Sublime CD with him, you know, and I'm just like, buddy, I know you're gonna love this. And then he's like, Oh, oh I love God. this. This is so good, you know. And it's that's like, so yeah, cute. No. It's just so funny to think about where my taste was at at that age, yeah. and sure. like, you know, I wouldn't be doing that now. But uh, it just, it's just, <laughs> it's so interesting to just see how our tastes change. I guess it's true. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about this song in particular too, is that I feel like it's so stuck in a certain time that. It, like not necessarily in a bad way. Well, I guess it could, it's good and bad because for a lot of people, you have good memories about that time that it came out in, but then bad because you listen to it and you're like, I could have guessed this came out in 1997. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it, it is really interesting. It's like one of those songs that just doesn't, it doesn't age. It stays so there in 1997. Definitely. Oh, wow. 1997. Yes. I was in seventh grade. I bet seventh grade Gabe and Naveed were so great. Mm. (laughs) I was a a total nerd, but not like a cool, like I didn't even play D&D. Like I got invited (laughs) once. I was like, nah, I'm good. I just like. (laughs) Damn, you're too cool I had like a rolling backpack in seventh grade. I know. Yeah. I was a strange child. I I mean, I was like at my school in the eyes of the authority, I was like a bad kid, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't. I was, I mean, I started smoking weed in seventh grade and I was very oh. much just like Ooh. dressing weirdly and I had the weird friend, like, you know, I was friends with like goth kids and p- skater punk kids and I was just like, who am I? I'm a hippie. I don't know what I am. Um, but uh, I don't <laughs> seventh know Seventh grade's cool. a confusing time. Yeah. Yeah. I, bet. Uh, <laughs> I definitely listened to Sublime, you know, mm-hmm. shamelessly. Sure. That was okay mm-hmm. back then. I mean, I think it's, well, no, I, it's not okay now. Yeah. <laughs> you should feel some shame, in my opinion. <laughs> just, I have a, I have just a, a little. You mentioned you have a no doubt tattoo. I have the uh, sublime tattoo, like across my back. I don't know if the, you've ever seen it. Back. Yeah, it's the full on. <laughs> it's pretty fucked the up. Sun. And on, my, on my chest, I have the sun. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. And then on the back, it just says sublime in the um, old English. The, cursive writing, the old English, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, I want that to be true so badly. I know. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm gullible enough to believe it yeah. so hard that I'm just going to pretend that it's true. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. Well, I mean, right. this is a, um, you know, not a visual medium, but people that are listening at home, I'm taking my shirt off right now. I'm showing them my tattoo and it's very Whoa. Real. Yeah. Whoa, it's wow. huge. You weren't lying. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. I know. Full, full color. Yeah. And it got infected. That's the full color. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's looking <laughs> a little crazy. Surely. Mm-hmm. Right. Go see somebody about that. Yeah. So, okay. Like you strongly hate Santeria and we know why you heard it in grandma's car and she tortured you with it. So you've probably been thinking about the other part of this, which is that we're going to cover it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder if you have any ideas about covering it. Oh, God. Well, you know, we've been sharing various YouTube covers back and forth on our text thread. And it's Mm -hmm. just like there's no there's no way to do it that isn't just that, you know, (laughs) that isn't just doing it. So we I feel like we got to go far from where it is. Absolutely. That's our favorite thing to do here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think that's the, I, you know, I kind of want to take it in like a, like a angsty, sad girl way, like a Phoebe Bridgers. Stay off in Kyoto, Sharon Van Etten. I used to be free. I used to be 17. Stella Donnelly. You only like me when I do my tricks for you. Like, yeah. you know, I was looking at the lyrical content and I was like, this could be something. We could do something with this here. Yeah. So speaking of the lyrics, we didn't really talk about it. Like, what is Santeria? It's a Cuban, kind of Cuban voodoo situation. So it's Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so a, a misunderstood lyric for me up until this week when I looked it up is I always thought he was singing about someone named Hannah. But it's like Haina, which mm-hmm. is slang term for like my queen. Mm-hmm. Right? And then Sancho, it's someone who steals your girlfriend. Mm. It's what a Sancho is. Oh, shit. Yeah, I always just assumed there was somebody named Sancho. I know. I kind of thought that too. I thought it was Hannah and Sancho and looked for their names. <laughs> I looked it up because I was like, can I as a white person say that? Yes. I think yes. I think yes, I, I can. I think yes also. I mean, there's so many layers of appropriation to this band existing. Uh, that's that's also what I was thinking. I was like, you know, if yeah. they did it, then I can do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's another interesting element of Sublime. Like a lot of their music is not theirs. Like you know, like they did Peter yeah. Tosh. And they're doing, you know, Bad Religion. A lot of the songs I was like, fuck yeah, this is a Sublime song. Like when I was a kid, were totally mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. Sublime songs. They were just like covers. Yeah. They were just like, this song's cool. I'm just going to fucking play it. People will hear it. And, and that way, maybe that's good. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to argue that like it's good that they did Peter Tosh and all that other stuff. But, um, and the toys. I smoke two joints in the morning. I smoke two joints at night. Smoke mm-hmm. two joints was like a huge hit of theirs. Smoke two joints in the morning. I smoke two joints at night. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, they, they, whatever they did, it got them where they are now. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's impressive, I guess, I will say. Yeah. I just actually <laughs> remember it on the end of um, 40 Ounces to Freedom, the Sublime mm-hmm. record, they have something called the Thanks Dub. Have you ever listened to that? All right, before we get it started, when we did Smoke Two Joints, that was Jack from the Toys. Uh-huh. I don't think I have. Oh, okay. Well, so, <laughs> you know how, like, Liner notes will have like special thanks to blah, 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 like whoever. Yeah. Sublime, they did a song. It's like seven minutes long. It's like a jam. It's pretty sick. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, yo, special thanks to blah, blah, blah. And they thank all the bands they ripped off. And, you know, they like, they credit everybody, which is wow. pretty cool. And um, so I mentioned my friends Hunter and Asher. We had a band at some point called My Dads on one of our albums. We did a thanks dub because they released oh. like, on their B-Sides record that you mentioned earlier, like they had the Thanks Dub instrumental. And so we took it and I did like a Brad Knoll impression and I oh did God. like a parody Thanks Dub of our thanks. And so we did a Thanks Dub. Um, <laughs> That's great. I'll try to get it to you, Naveen. You can maybe put a little clip of it in here, but. All right, before we get it started, we did that song Banshee that was Jack from Thin Lizzy. <laughs> That's yeah. so good. Okay, so we're thinking Phoebe Bridger's Boy Genius style. A lot of- 
totally. Some just like sad, but like emotional, rip-in shit. Definitely. Some nice like uh, finger-picked guitar, Mm -hmm. some spacey stuff behind it. Yeah, some airy airy vocals, but then, you know, like really rip-in emotional chorus section. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So I think we should probably, we can rework the chord structure a bit, Mm kind of get it away from that very 90s give your thing it's kind of got like that spanish influence well yeah it's sort of already been said but like all the covers that i watched fragments of today they're so similar like whether it's like we're a swing cover we're a punk cover we're like uh i saw a um like a mariachi cover but they're so similar like they're just doing the song yeah yeah they're really like staying true to it where you're sort of just like well this is a great cover quote unquote because it's like it almost it sounds like it's like made a very good tribute. Um, sure. Yeah. Well, the issue is they like the song and they're doing it. <laughs> right, so. right. Yeah. Out of any song ever that has been made yeah. ever in the world, they chose to cover that song. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think they think if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because like you like punk, you like ska. Mm-hmm. I'm this not... falls under both of those. Like, you know, you like the no doubt. Well, let me interject here because. Please do. Chloe, this hasn't been mentioned, but you are a drummer and you I rock. Am. Now, Thank the drummer you. of No Doubt is sick. The drummer of so Sublime good. sucks. So that, exactly. I think, is, might have something to do with it, right? Oh, God. It just everyone pause the podcast right now. Go listen to the No Doubt song, New, and tell me that that drummer isn't fucking tight. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe that has a a subliminal effect on on, (laughs) what? Subliminal effect? Yo, no (laughs) doubt it does. No doubt it does. Yeah. No doubt. Because it's hella good. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I think maybe I like No Doubt versus Sublime in this context more because Gwen Stefani was such a cool role model for me to have as a little kid. She just mm-hmm. like rocked and her energy was so awesome. And she was like making a type of music that like typically I had ever, I had only ever heard men make. So to me, it was just really cool to see her kind of in that role. So I think, I mean, you know, she's, she's uh, changed ways perhaps from the, the no doubt that I knew and loved, but I still respect her so much as a musician i think she's like written and done some really awesome stuff and like Mm -hmm. had a huge effect on i'm sure many young musicians at the time especially when they like back in the late 90s early 2000s era yeah i think that's i think that's huge and i mean the singer of sublime died when i was a kid you know what Mm -hmm. i mean it sounds just like from the the stories you were telling that you read navi like they weren't necessarily great role models as far as having their dogs bite people and stuff on warp tour or whatever <laughs> yeah but you know the date rape song helps i mean that's pretty huge i true but i i see like the difference i mean obviously like lots of differences but gwen stefani really taking the fact that she was a role model very seriously and and being more so careful about it maybe mm-hmm. the guy from sublime was a little more reluctant about it um was sure. sort of was sort of like why would anybody really looking up to me i'm like yeah you know. i don't think it even got to that point for them yeah you no know, like they were college show circuit people yeah and it seemed like they didn't necessarily have the span of time to become 
uh, or like have that thought process, I guess, because he died so early on in their musical career. Like I was looking at their mm-hmm. Spotify, like the discography and like, they've had a lot of releases, but it's all like re-releases of mm-hmm. the same two or three albums and EPs. So it's like, you know, they have stuff that got so prolific, but then didn't really have any way to like, to jump off of any of it because of the main guy dying. Yeah. 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 And he didn't live to see, like, it's like, the self-titled album mm-hmm. with like with this song on it and stuff came out after he died. And that was like their really like huge album, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty crazy. So yeah, I guess you're right, Navi. He didn't ever have to. So that's pretty cool. That <laughs> the date rape thing is very cool because yeah. like, it's just like, we're bros. We're just going to have the song because this is what we believe. No, yeah. Not even and that was their first it. single too. Date rape was their first single. That's pretty Hell badass. yeah. Self-released. Yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so, you know, not the worst people. But no, yeah, yeah. no, I wouldn't say they're bad people. Just, yeah. uh, just like something about that dang song really, really yeah. gets me. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say it really speaks volumes know. about how bad the song is when we start talking about the band and how, and then <laughs> what kind of people they were. It's like, okay, we're all trying to not talk about the song. But the song <laughs> needs that's to a, be talked. That's a side about, effect of, right? this, of this podcast. Is just like throughout the episodes, we just kind of stray further and further away from the song. It's like, okay, no, we should talk about this some more. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like right. also it's become such a quintessential ska song now. Like if you ask, probably anyone on the street to name a ska song i bet that's such a main one it's gotta be up there yeah Yeah, i gotta say like maybe an issue current me is having with this song is that it's not really a ska song and it's not Mm -hmm. really it's not really anything it's it's not i mean it's it's, white boy reggae it's white boy reggae it's really closer to like ub40 or something than like most ska stuff like it's it's that mid-tempo a lot of ska is either you know like third wave ska which was around during this time was way more like uh hyperventilating <laughs> you know like faster <laughs> like second wave first wave what like was slow <laughs> like nice yeah. chill this is sort yeah. of in between it's, it's sort of like a it's just a pop song really and um I mean, there's no horns. One could argue there's no, it's not ska. I don't know. True. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, maybe that's why I'm frustrated with it. It's just, it's got it's that. It's just sublime, baby. It's sublime. <laughs> it's, that's what it is. That's the kind of music. Also, it is, right? to me, it feels like, it feels lazy. Like, obviously, I don't mm-hmm. know what they were thinking about when they're writing it or, kind. you know, I don't have a viewpoint into any of the thought process behind it. But like, I don't know, as, as a person who has written songs and has been in bands for over 10 years, I just like, it just feels lazy. feels like a lazy song to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of the style too, is the like good times, fun playing at a party band, like which they yeah. so were, you know what I mean? We're totally. Like, playing college parties and it's just like, yeah. how, how do we play for hours? How do we just, that's just the vibe. Yeah. I am in no way saying that I could ever write a song as catchy or good as they have done because like props props to them they really just wrote this one and said out into the world and boy did it 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 got got well and i think that (laughs) part of talking about the band and and their the rest of their body of work and their merits and the good parts about them it makes it more interesting that you can see the good Mm -hmm. parts about what they do 
that for me enriches your feelings about this song. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like the contrast. Mm-hmm. And I'm so interested in that, mm-hmm. you know, the taste thing. It's just, I mean, sure, it's fun to analyze and it's fun to try to explain it. But I think at the core of you, minus all the explanation, you just have this really real and visceral feeling about this song. And I think that's such an important part of the human experience. And I think that mm-hmm. one could argue intellectually, actually, you do like because you blah, 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 you know or something like that which is just such fucking <laughs> such fucking bullshit that people people try to do that you know i'm not gonna do that but that's people do that like on paper if you have 99 really nice things to say about sublime and you hate their one song like i don't know you know what i'm trying to say at all like, yeah no intellectually totally. speaking like you can't justify it necessarily but i'm telling you that you don't have to and that you're safe yeah. here and i just think that it's like a really important thing so that's cool. Okay, so Phoebe Bridgers style, yeah. sadder, emo e is what we're mm-hmm. feeling on the cover. I love it. Oh, yeah. I think I think that's the vibe. I think we have to... I was also thinking, like, what genre could I make this song that isn't what it is that I would like and perhaps <laughs> others would like? And that's totally. kind of what I came up with because there are other genres you could take this to, for sure. Many, many options. I feel like this one's a challenge, like to do it like that is a bit of a challenge because yeah. it's so far away from the original version. So I, I, I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun. So how do you want to do it? Um, Chloe, do you want to get us started? Like we'll send some ideas. Like do you have maybe like a chord progression in mind or I don't know. what. Do you, yeah. What do you I mean, I was kind of thinking of like a vocal, like a vocal melody to kind of like mimic that sort of vibe. So I think like, I think I think I got I think I got like a vocal melody in mind mm-hmm. that I'll I'll send to you guys. Great. And then yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. Great. Great. I want Me too. I want a bunch yeah. of we should like layer some vocals yeah. on there you guys should do and I I'm like so excited. I'm just very excited for for this. Me it's too. so much fun. So I'm Love excited. It. So stoked. Yeah. 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 Cool. Great. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, I think that about does it. And thanks so much for doing this with us and sharing Yay. your feelings about this. And yeah, I'm so I'm stoked to work on this song with you. I yeah. know. Thanks for having me. It's so much fun. Oh Sweet. my god. And you know, if I may make one request, is mm-hmm. just leave some space for a guitar solo in there. Oh, there's gotta be one. Okay. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Because I, I mean, it. how could you cover that song without? A guitar solo in it. I agree. That's the you can't. That's the one you good can't. part, really. <laughs> yep. it's, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you, and uh, yeah. see you later. Yep. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. And we're back. We're back. Woohoo! We're What's back. up? Hey, we did it. We uh, we did a cover of Santeria. We did it. We really did. And it's better now. It's so much better now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I do too. I don't remember what we talked about last time, even though I did listen to it. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Me either. I listened to it like a couple days ago and I don't remember all the way. Perfect. But hey, you know, okay. I will say, I feel like when we talked before, I was a little wishy-washy in my convictions about not liking this band or this song. And I'm mm. here to say now, I hate this song. Yeah. This song oh. sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tried to see the good in it. And look, I like what we did a lot, but yeah. I'm stronger in my convictions about hating this song. That's great. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this might be a first. Yeah. 
I mean, I think we made it better, and I see... I will give it the fact that it is the catchiest song probably ever made. So, like, yeah. good for them for that. This is definitely number two as far as being stuck in my head for Turd Polisher songs. Was There oh, like She the Goes? Of the, uh, no. Oh, that's uh, not even number ants, one. Ants Marching. Oh. <laughs> ants Marching from the moment that song was mentioned was stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still pops up every now and then. Hey, that's, and that's then, fair. This is definitely number two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a number I don't two. think a band practice has gone by that I don't play a little bit of this uh, <laughs> oh, <God>. since, <laughs> oh. since we started this episode. Oh, it doesn't, no. I don't know. Maybe there's just so much music packed into my brain at this point where I, I haven't been having that lately. I haven't had earworms lately. Uh, oh. It used to be, I thought it was just because I took so much psychedelics as a kid, but I'll wake up in the morning and, and have a song stuck in my head and, and I'm like, oh, it's been going all night. It's been, you know, mm-hmm. but it, mm-hmm. but Santeria, I see what you mean. It's, it's arguably really catchy, but it didn't, it doesn't stick with me, but that I can, I can hear it. Like if I try right now in my head, I can hear boom, 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 like the bass line, I can hear it in my head. So maybe it's always always playing i just have it like turned down enough (laughs) right yeah it's just like in your personal soundtrack from too long ago now that it's just stuck in there yeah i guess so i will say that our cover is pretty catchy and that's kind of gotten stuck in my head a little bit so yeah yeah. i know we did a good job of keeping the catchiness i'd say but changing it changing it in a better way i like it so much more me too which is great did anybody defend it, the song? Um, well, you know, I, I got some listener feedback, so let's jump into some comments here. Feedback. It was about 50-50 split hmm. on how people feel about the song. A lot of comments just saying, like, it's overplayed. A lot of people's like, it's like on my pool playlist. Absolute timeless classic, but I also like weed, was one comment. <laughs> Uh, the only song white people go harder than is Sweet Caroline. <laughs> I uh, think I know who. I think I know who said that. <laughs> I want to know who said that. That's incredible. <laughs> and then um, dear sweet Lauren H. said. Lauren H. Santeria is the reason white college boys think they like reggae. Bad job, Sublime. Also... <laughs> Also, side story, when I was in high school, some girl sang it as her audition for West Side Story, and it was so bad, it was unrecognizable until the I really want to know part. Like, I thought she was making up her own song. Oh, God. (laughs) That's really, I mean, look, that's commendable, honestly. Good for you. Good for you. Right. Wow. Okay, so, so, you know, I guess... I don't feel as controversial now hearing some of these opinions. Oh, yeah. People definitely, there was some hate for Sublime and for this song. Mm -hmm. But again, also a fair amount of love. I know. I think it's, it's, it is a divisive song and band. And a divisive band. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I think it's like you either love them or you absolutely hate them. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no in between. Yeah. Very few people were like, oh, yeah, like Sublime's fine. Yeah. I asked our friend, and you can bleep out his name, but his name is. I asked him to do it in defense of this song because we like to try to, oh, we like yeah. try to oh, get yeah. someone to do it, you know, record it and send it in. He didn't. And Navid had asked him too. So I asked him again. I was like, what's going on? And he's like, 
I told him I'm I need to think about whether or not I'm actually want to take that position in public because it doesn't need defending. <laughs> wow. And I was Whoa. like, well, I'm just gonna read this then. Yeah. So <laughs> so that kind of says it right there. Like it was sort of like he's would defend it, but not in public. So I don't really know. You could you can look into that as deeply as you want to. But um That's fair. So he th- I think he likes it, but he's not gonna say it in public. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, that's smart. Yeah, I gotta, exactly. You don't want to be too political, you know? Right. Yeah. If you have a platform, I guess. Um, I mean, if if your stance is hard yes for Sublime, that's you start to question that person's totally. other choices. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what about our cover? Shall we talk about it? Shall we break it down? Yeah. yeah. So I think it started with Chloe sent us... So a voice demo. I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. Well, we discussed doing a, you know, more or less a Phoebe Bridgers. I don't know what to call that style of music that's happening right yeah. now. Sad girl indie. Yeah. Like uh, do a in- sad girl sad indie. indie pop. So you sent us the voice memo of you kind of singing a, a verse and a chorus of this. And then I took that, put some guitar underneath it and kind of demoed it out with um, uh, computer drums and stuff like that. So pretty straightforward method on this. Mm-hmm. One part is you had this little like ooh at the end of your of the demo that you sang to us. Supper down, ooh. So I took the ooh and I clipped it. Ooh. And I pitch shifted it to create like the backing ooze yeah. of the song. And I had no idea that that was that part of the yeah. song until you told me, which is so, yeah. that was so cool that you used that. So yeah, I, I shifted one of them up. Ooh. Like one of them down. Ooh. And I like built chords out of them. Stopped a bunch of reverb on it. That's, that's that. how we got oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's cool, man. I wondered yeah. about that. I liked it. The original demo idea, the seed. Mm-hmm. The seed was able to grow to a flower there. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then so what happened next? You put some real drums on it. I did. I had a mounted tambourine. Yeah. Going and I used it a lot. For me, it was almost feeling like Dreams by Cranberries. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The musical vibe of it, you know what I mean? And so I was sort of drumming. I mean, my drumming was coming out feeling like Dreams by the Cranberries or something. And I actually did a bunch of takes on this, was trying to get the fills tasty and not too mm-hmm. spazzy. So did you play guitar and bass on it too, Navid? I did. Okay. So you sent like a pre-formed demo to us. Correct. Which we used then in that case. Like you didn't redo your your stringed instruments. (laughs) (laughs) One take wonder. That's fine. And then then I guess, Chloe, you recorded vocals. I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And Chloe, because she came over. I guess this is our first like recording in person. That oh, no did. way. 
yeah, because for for our attempted cover, you you and Owen like hashed out some ideas together, mm-hmm. but this was the first time that we you know had a bit of it actually recorded. Oh, nice! In tandem, that's cool. yeah. Great. It yeah. was good because I <clears throat> it just forced me to to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> By being actually there with you guys, I was like, "All right, totally. it's time. Let's go. Let's do this. I'm here yeah. now. I have to." So yeah. uh, that was great. Loved that. Well, and your singing is really beautiful on it. You did a great job. Thank you. I'm really- a drummer. <laughs> I'm certainly not a singer, but I can I can do a couple things sometimes. Yeah, I think you mentioned that this was like your first time really singing lead. On yeah. a song, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much every time I was I've... definitely surprised when you said that. So. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. yeah, every time I've sung on something recorded for like my band or other bands, it's been like backup stuff or like mm-hmm. kind of additional stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't. But um, yes, yeah, so this was kind of my first time singing like alone, and uh, it was really fun. It wasn't as scary as I as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you did a great job. And yeah, it is worth spending a couple moments to say that like I was so excited to have a drummer on the podcast finally so that I wasn't going to play the drums. <laughs> so I was like, Chloe's going to play the drums and I'm going to just do some other shit. But then <laughs> then it just kind of came to the point where it was just like you didn't have the setup and we just kind of wanted things to keep moving. So I just was like, I'll just, I'll just do the drums. So yeah. And yeah. It, I do like playing drums. I just was excited. But in my mind, it was like, oh, cool. Well, Chloe's going to play drums. And I didn't even really think past that. So then when you were also singing it, it just made me really happy. And then when you were <laughs> yeah. only singing it, it made me very happy. So so vocals got done. Vocals got done. And then Gabe, you did some backing vocals. Oh, yeah. I did some backing vocals. And also guitar solo. Yeah. Well, we didn't use the backing vocals. We used... Some At the end. Vocals. Okay, we'd use a little. And I, yeah. I think that was the right decision. But it's worth just saying. I, I did some oohs and ahs or whatever. Clip here. I really... They were fine. But Navid was like, these are kind of too musical theater. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, then, of course. Then I did the guitar solo, which was so fun. And I... So Front. sick. Thank you. From yeah. memory, I tried to just do the the solo from the song. And I only really had to change a couple notes. And then listening back, it wasn't exactly like the song. But it's pretty close. It's definitely like the spirit of the solo. It is. If you get the, the most important parts of it. Yeah. And then I like harmonized with it. Like I did another layer. So it's sort of Thin Lizzy-esque. <laughs> Yes. Which, which made it extra funny to me. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think there wasn't room for it at first, actually. And then you kind of move some stuff around. Totally. Also, and I think it worked worked out great. We Like the bridge section, we shortened the vocals on the bridge a bit mm-hmm. and left some room for the, for the guitar solo, which is, I think, very important to the song. Oh, yeah. The guitar solo really does a lot in a good way. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Love that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I would say in the original one, too, like, the best part is the guitar solo. I Absolutely. agree. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, earlier in this episode where you played the clip of, like, whatever the, the cool guy dub or whatever the fuck the original one is, and they play yeah. <laughs> soloing over it, and it's, like, really, like, fumbly. It's so it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I laughed so fucking hard when I heard that. And, um, yeah. 
But the solo that was very realized on Santeria is pretty good. And certainly that's the best part of the song because he stopped singing. And I think we can all agree with, <laughs> with that. But um, that in our cover, it was nice to just have a little taste of that in it. Though mm-hmm. it's definitely not the best part. The singing in ours is the best part, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, um, stop. I do th- yeah. I do think like <laughs> sticky, like the, for the style of of our cover that we were going for, the solo makes sense because like with, I know like with Phoebe Bridgers, there's a bit of like tongue and cheekiness to mm-hmm. some of her songs. So I think having the solo in there is kind of like a, like a wink, ha ha. Yeah, like, totally. It's like, this is still Santeria, don't forget. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I think it was so important that we yeah. that we kept that in there. Plus, it's just, like, rad. <laughs> so. Totally. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that, for me, was, it had to be there. I mean, I'm always sort of trying to do a guitar solo on these. It's just fun to do. And, um, anyway, I think that was that. I mean, that. Actually, I did add a little bit more backing vocals myself, too. Like, there were some harmonies that I added. Oh. Yeah, and also I I did my best to double close vocal on the choruses. What I really want to say, because I just forgot to ask you to do it when you were here recording. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wanted her to double the chorus to like beef it up a little bit. So I just you know did my best to sing up in that register. You sound just like yeah. me. Yeah, you sound oh, great. Great Thanks. job. Yeah. Thanks. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kept that real low in the mix real little quiet <laughs> no but it does help it does help uh, beef things yeah. up and it's pretty yeah. so and that that's that that's that yeah real straightforward great yeah. job everyone yeah top yeah. notch I was, it was very, very fun very fun I'm very happy with the it was pretty quick I think you know in, in the grand scheme of things things yeah. happened pretty fast when things happened they happened <laughs> fast <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah. No, yeah, totally. That's, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> I, have yeah. No, I have no real concept of time at this point, so I'm feeling pretty great about this cover, but how are you feeling about it, Chloe? Is this a success to you? Oh, totally. Yeah, I I feel like it has sort of like erased, I think just because of how many times I've listened to it and liked listening to it, that it has like somewhat erased the original in my mind is like the first go-to version of that song. Yeah. <laughs> Which has been nice because, you know, I feel like Santeria, you hear the first note and you can sing the entire song in your head. So <laughs> I yeah. feel like this this has been a good a good way to sort of erase that. And now I have our version stuck in my head more. <laughs> so Definitely. Yeah. But I, I love that. And um I think we did a great job. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. What about you, Navid? You feeling good? Yeah, I feel real good about this one. I think this one, like sometimes we do the covers and it's like, is this even like, is this even a cover? Like this is so <laughs> like, this is like, this has the same words, you know, but right. Like this is hardly the same song at all. Like this feels like a cover, but a much improved song. Yeah. On top of it. I think so it, yeah. too. Right. Like, like you listen to it, like, yeah, that's Santeria, but this is sick and I want to listen to this. I also don't think we had to try that hard to like make it something different either, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Cause like when I was first thinking about this, this, uh, this cover, I was like, Oh God, we're going to have to think so hard about how to make this like better and different. But honestly, it like, it came together so seamlessly kind of, which was awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. And it's a style of music that I like. I listen to this style of music. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I like this. Like, this sounds like the stuff on my Spotify. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say, too. I think it's like may- maybe as far as covers go on this podcast as well, like it doesn't end up being the kind of music that we listen to. So all the time, you know what I mean? And so this was, right. it was yeah. nice to be like, yeah, I like this. I think for me, that was even kind of like it made it mur- murkier. Like I was like, well, is yeah. this as far as like, is this it? Like, are we? doing it like this because i i liked it i i liked the general right. vibe of it and so i felt a little yeah. comfortable there and i think that comfort made me feel like it was supposed to be a little bit more grueling or something or they're supposed to be a little more squeezed right. to get that juice out but it was pretty juicy yeah kind of off the bat and that's that's a good thing i mean you know that's a great feeling in in any band situation or, or creative situation where it's flowing and without banging our heads against the wall too much so it's mm-hmm. not it's not a bad thing it's a good thing yeah totally we would have really had to bang our heads against the wall if we did like a country cover (laughs) (laughs) or yeah like any other genre that was like even further away from the genre we decided to go with yeah which would have been also fun (laughs) yes sure yeah i think anything we would have done it would have been fun it was fun fun working together the three of us and so that's a good feeling too you know it's not always easy and obviously we had time constraints and technical difficulties and all the stuff that comes with remote fucking it's remote fucking <laughs> remote fucking that's all thanks thing. covid <laughs> yeah. yeah and i was like i started to say a sentence like that and i was like fuck what you know what i'm gonna fuck <laughs> yeah. uh but but yeah i mean the, the challenges and the confines they make it fun in a way you know what i mean trying to to do this within those confines is a fun mm-hmm. challenge and makes it different kind of problem solving but fun problem solving all the same um, and that being said, I think we did a pretty good job and I think I'm feeling pretty, pretty happy about it myself. So kudos to us. We did it. And, sure um, did. obviously Chloe, like if you're happy with it, then I sleep better at night tonight. <laughs> I'm yes. super happy with it. It's so fun. It's so fun. Turd yeah. polished. Yeah. Totally. We need that sound clip. Chloe, thanks so much for doing this with us. I think it's really great. You were one of our original go-to wanting this guest guests on a oh, very thanks. short list. So I'm glad this finally worked out. And um, thanks for taking the time to do it. Navid, thanks again for all your hard work, my good Absolutely. man. Well, thanks for having me. This has been so much fun. And uh, look, I still hate Sublime, and that's okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's okay we were never here to, okay. to tell you what to do or how to feel or yeah change your feelings we just want yeah. to help give you a new song to have stuck in your head in place yeah. of the old one exactly i hate sublime but i love the song that we have created yeah Chloe, do you have anything you want to plug or you got anything coming out or so i'm in a band called bad thoughts and uh, we're just kind of writing some songs right now. We have a bunch of stuff out on Spotify. And uh, yeah, we're probably going to play some more shows in the upcoming year, just around around the old Bay Area zone. Yeah, just check us out on Spotify. Cool. Sick. Okay, well, thank you both so much. And without further ado, here's our cover of Santeria.
Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. Turd Polisher is hosted by me, Gabe Katz, and Navid Manucheri. It is produced and edited by Navid Manucheri. Our cover was mixed and mastered by Paul Hale at Greenhouse Recording in Petaluma, California. You can follow us on Twitter at, at @polisherturd or on Instagram at, at @turdpolisher underscore podcast. You can also check out our covers on our Bandcamp, turdpolisher.bandcamp.com. Alright, before we get it started, we did that song Banshee, that was Jack from Thin Lizzy. And that song Boy's Journey was written by that guy from Blur for that movie Ravenous, which was awesome. Okay, crucial thanks out to the Ellis, Wasp, Kincaid, Malcolmus, and the Katz families. <laughs>